CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Startup Women podcast. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. In the month of April, the Startup Women podcast will be taking a deep dive into rural entrepreneurship across Canada. What unique challenges do rural founders face? Are there advantages of starting up in a rural ecosystem? What specific support does this community need? To facilitate these important discussions, we could not be more excited to welcome Mary Doyle, founder of Rural On Purpose, part of the Startup Canada Communities Network, as our guest host. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Kayla. I'm so excited that Rural On Purpose is formally partnering with Startup Canada to help empower and champion rural founders across the country. This month on the Startup Women podcast, we'll connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations in Canada's rural startup space, giving you a first-hand look into the rural entrepreneurship landscape and helping rural founders make their vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Mary Doyle, founder of Rural On Purpose. Welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have Shauna Ray on our show today. Shauna Ray is currently the Communications and Project Coordinator at Community Futures Ontario. She is the co-host of the popular podcast, Kitchen Confessionals, which she and Leah Hunt started during the pandemic. Shauna currently writes a column for Business London magazine called The Broad Perspective about women in the workplace. Her specialty is shedding light on shared collective experiences. Before Community Futures, Shauna was tasked with raising the profile of the not-for-profit organization, the Southwest Economic Alliance, and their Intelligent Region Project, building a case for accessible and affordable high-speed internet in rural, remote, and underserviced areas of Ontario. She has also worked with a number of not-for-profit and for-profit organizations in communications, community engagement, and PR. Shauna is a graduate of the Journalism Broadcast Program at Fanshawe College, and she enjoyed a decade-long radio and television broadcasting career. She is a member of Canadian Women in Communications and Technology. She loves creative writing, tinkering with technology, and is fascinated by the shifting landscapes of both journalism and social media. She grew up in a small town and now lives outside a small hamlet in southwestern Ontario. Her interests lie in advocacy and action in the pursuit of justice and empowerment for all. Welcome to the show, Shauna. Hey, Mary, hey. I am so excited to be here. It's so good to see you in person. We are actually recording on Zoom so I can see your face. It's oh, so cool. I know. I know. I love it. I love technology. 
I, when it works. I, I also love that empowerment for all is a part of your message. And I think this is going to be a really exciting chat. I'm, I'm game for anything. Let's go. All right. Everyone that I am interviewing is living rural on purpose. And I like to start with the question, what's your rural story? Because in my experience, story is a really powerful connector. So Shauna Ray, what's your rural story? Well, as you said in the opening, I grew up in a small town. So I grew up in Stratford, Ontario, which is the home of the Shakespearean Festival. As a young person in my early 20s, I worked at the Stratford Festival in the green room where I met the most amazing and interesting people. And that's where I think I got an interest in the arts and expression. It was um, a great experience for a sheltered Catholic girl who hadn't <laughs> seen that kind of flamboyancy and excitement um, ever. Uh, so from that was my last job in that rural community. You know, as a young person, I couldn't wait to leave. And now I go back there and I wondered why I left. After that experience, I you know, went to some large cities. I lived in Sarnia for 10 years and I decided to go back to school to take journalism. I volunteered at my local television station in Sarnia and I thought, you know what? I was working at a call center environment and I thought, ah, you know, I'm just going to follow my dreams. I had um, a marriage breakup and it was the catalyst that gave me the courage to just say, you know, I'm packing up and I'm moving. And I went to school. Uh, everybody was a bit younger than me because I was a mature student. I ended up working in broadcasting um, for a decade. Uh, the last thing I did was I hosted a radio call and talk show. And um, it was honestly one of the most, um, I learned so much. Mm. It, it, it was life-changing for sure. I heard so many stories. So when you talk about story, you're totally all about story, right? And it connects people, it connects people, right? Yeah. And when that job ended, when they networked my time slot after 10 years, didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, so I started listening on social media and learning and I got communications contracts, you know, one contract here, one contract there. And I was really scraping to get by. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I really, my dream was to work in broadcasting. And so what was I going to do? So I started to write. I started to write about my experience being unemployed. It, it was a humbling, vulnerable place. Um, and because our local um, newspaper they said I had name recognition still because I had come from a broadcasting background. They liked the column that I wrote at the time uh, where I was living had the lowest unemployment rate in the country. And so I started to write about it and in so many people, it resonated with them. And so I knew that that opened up um, so that other people didn't feel so alone and so isolated. And so fast forward now, I am working and living in a small community. I love being here because I can work from home. And of course, we're living in a pandemic. I do freelance work. I started a podcast. You talked about it in the um, uh, opening. And um, I had always wanted to do a podcast uh, I interviewed uh, Leah Hunt, is my co-host. I interviewed her for a column in Business London magazine, and she was so vibrant and so exciting and funny 
And she wrote me and said, what else can I do in media? And I said, why not start a podcast? And so we started a podcast during the pandemic. So now I am living in this tiny little village, actually outside the village in the country. I get up in the morning, I look out my window and I can see wildlife and it is calming. It is uh, serene. It, It gets me in a creative space. It gets me to a really compassionate and empathetic place as well. So I love living rural on purpose. You have, you have tied so many important things together. I, I'm just, I'm so fascinated with your journey. And really, there's a theme that I think I want to explore with this interview, and it ties in with your whole empowerment for all mandate. Because the theme is really about reinvention, isn't it? And you are a perfect example of that. You turned a layoff from a career in media into an opportunity. And that's just one example. You had you had so many pieces of your story that I could personally connect with. And I'm sure that a lot of the readers are listen, that are listening are going to be able to connect with it as well. And women in particular are no strangers to career disruptions. So I think I think that there's something really, really important about that message and that there is life on the other side of some kind of major disruption, whether it's a, a marriage breakup or the loss of, of a job that was your your career for for decades. I mean, it's it's really important. Can you talk a little bit more about that whole personal reinvention piece? Of course. So during those 10 years though, what I didn't say was that I got laid off three times. So I worked and and it is the nature of the business in entertainment. um, It it doesn't have to be that, that you're not working really hard and that people don't really like you. It can be budget cuts. It can be anything. And, And I think we're seeing that right now with Bell Globe Media, they've laid off 200 people and it just continues in these big media conglomerates. Um, I took it personally. Like, like anyone would, I, yeah. I re, it was a knock to my confidence, but each of those two times someone called me and it was my maturity that got me the jobs. I have a mature voice and I did when I was in school. So, and, and my life experience. So I was a mature student. I wasn't somebody that was just starting out in my career. So that was, you know, the value that I brought, but don't get me wrong. And make no mistake, I felt like crap. I felt terrible. And so I just started to be really grateful each time. Um, I remember a time scraping together money just to pay rent, but thinking, okay, what can I do? There's always someone worse off than me. So I went to the grocery store and I bought a bag of diapers and I drove them right to the food bank. And And a woman there told me that, some a family had just come that day and so i was i sat in my car and cried and thought you know what i have me i have talents i have skills so things like that would come up in my life and it would it would help me continue it would help me pick myself up and keep moving on and and you have to look for those opportunities you have to look for the gratefulness you have to not be discouraged and don't put your worth in the hands of other people 
It's an easy thing to do. We all do it, especially we women, because we need that validation, especially in a corporate environment. We, there's so few of us, the higher up you go, the fewer women there are. And it's a trick. They want us to compete with one another. So we keep each other down. Hmm. Women need to empower one another and appreciate one another, work together. And it took me a really, really long time to figure that out. I don't think it took you long at all, Shauna Ray. I think that you were doing it right from the very beginning. So I'm not going to accept that one. But I do, I, I do believe that when you were telling me that whole story just now, telling us about the the diapers, the whole practice of gratitude is something that you seem to have embraced and built into your reinvention story. And I love that. There's nothing more empowering than practicing gratitude. And it's not just a matter of saying, thinking I'm, you know, you took it one step beyond. You didn't sit and instead of feeling sorry for yourself, you, well, you did that too, but then you moved on and you said, there are lots of people who are in greater need than, than me. And you went and actually did something about that. And that opened up some doors. It changed the way you you were thinking. And it also changed somebody else's life for the better. So that's got to come back. And I'm, I, I'm so inspired by that story. I absolutely love it. So practice gratitude, everyone. That's a really big part of that whole reinvention message from Shauna Ray. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, it, my mom taught me that. Um, I'll tell you another quick story. My mom had uh, picked me up and we were going back to her house and we stopped in at a a house I didn't recognize. And mom had just won a gift card at work for some kind of thing. And she, and she stopped in, came right out. And, and I said, what's that? And it was a women's community house. And she just literally won this gift card from Sears and dropped it off at the women's community house. So I got to credit my mom. She Mm. started me on that trail. Hmm. The lessons that we learn along the way, and you know, we don't we don't even know when we're going to use them again or if we're going to use them again, but they're they're really, really valuable. So thank you to your mom because now she has impacted everyone who's listening to this show, and hopefully more people will will do that kind of thing and practice gratitude. Now to rural with the whole theme of reinvention. Can you speak to the idea of rural reinvention? Because we are going through a lot of change right now and it's a really really critical issue and are there are there any similarities between you know community reinvention and individual reinvention well i think um we've seen uh across canada small communities come together um i can speak for my own community we have almost an unprecedented amount of women in leadership in mayoral roles. In Middlesex County in Ontario, we have the Women's uh, Caucus of Middlesex County. It's made up of four female mayors, one deputy mayor, and they decided to come together during this pandemic and literally had fireside chats virtually with the female members of the community. Just that's awesome. That's so awesome. Just an open forum, you know, how are you doing? Confidentiality, you know, it stays here kind of thing. But also, how can we support you? What kind of services can we provide to support you? Many of those women are entrepreneurs. You know the stats, Mary. There are many women, female entrepreneurs in small communities. We are the lifeblood. And, you know, let's be honest, we get stuff done. 
And those women are getting stuff done. Um, other, other stories of um, resilience and uh, rural reinvention, small microbreweries transitioning to make hand sanitizer. I can't tell you how many stories. I, I have uh, like five or 10 stories of small breweries just across Ontario that transitioned into making PPE for their communities, but also it helped them make money. Like yeah. they sold the, the sanitizer, right? Um, a small pizzeria um, in my own community, they transitioned into making family pack packs that was make your own pizzas. So they would, you know, give you the instructions give you all the fixings so that it was a curbside pickup. So, so many stories of reinvention, but innovation. And, and I mean, these are, this is just the tip of the iceberg across Canada. There are so many people giving back people that, you know, you're stuck in your homes. A lot of people just decided to get together and help those in need, right? They, they did food, uh, food pickups. They did, you know, helped each other out, um, ride shares, um, how about those um, posters that people put on the front of their lawns thanking healthcare workers? How about the um, reinventing the graduation where P kids stood outside? Um, I shouldn't say kids, students stood outside, young adults with um, you know a poster so that they and, and in their their finery so that their parents would have a photo and they would feel connected to their classmates or maybe a drive through graduation. It is endless, the things that rural communities have come up with. And these are the stories that need to be told because let's be honest, we're the ones, we're the coveted place where people want to live now. Yeah. People are spreading out. Um, you'll see the real estate numbers are saying people want to move outside of the, um, the urban areas. And, and we're kind of saying, uh, you know, we already know it's great now. And I was going to say internet connection. So just when we were starting, I, I, I got a message that said, you know, your internet connection is a little unstable. And I thought, oh, no. And how many people have had that happen? How about those folks um, with kids that are taking classes at school? That internet connection is crucial. How about people that rely on the internet to do their business? That before the pandemic, they had their business online. And now everyone's online, everyone's using this bandwidth and their connection is unstable and they're paying inexorbitant amounts of money for that internet connection if they can get it. So you and I have talked about that. That internet connection piece is crucial. And you said in the opening that I worked for the Southwest Economic Alliance Intelligent Region Project 10 years ago, 10, we were talking about that very thing with communities, with small communities, 20 communities across the province, gathering stories from little um, uh, businesses, small businesses that relied on the internet, and hey, government, look what's happening here. 10 years later, we're still talking about the same thing. And the only thing that has changed, Shauna, in my view, is that we are, we are in an emergency situation. And and that does change everything. It changes everything because it brings everything to the forefront. And for one thing, rural communities 
we've talked about this before, rural communities are amazing in emergency response. They come together quickly and they can act quickly and they're innovative and they support each other. We're seeing that again with this whole pandemic. Rural communities are doing innovative things. The businesses, all the examples that you gave are amazing. And I think I think that if we can continue with that entrepreneurial mindset and spirit and continue it beyond the emergency, that will lead to that that reinvention. And that's exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and entrepreneurialism is on the rise, obviously, because people have lost their jobs during the pandemic. And people are wondering, how can I make money? And, um, you know, there's lots of agencies, the government, the federal government is recognizing that this is a really important topic that um, giving people uh, money, financial, and, as well as moral support um, to start their own businesses and make their businesses sustainable. That's a big part of it as well. Um, it's great that this pandemic has brought this to the forefront, but folks like you and many, many others have been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, we have, we have, but it's, it's, you know, we have to, again, like you said, practice gratitude and realize that we're moving forward and we have an opportunity now to talk about it more and to bring, you know, a lot of these issues to the, to the, the table. And, you know, I, one thing that I, and it's a mandatory rant, I, when you, when, as soon as someone brings up internet in rural communities, <laughs> rural internet, I, I have to say that I refuse to accept this as a rural issue. It is not a rural issue. It is a Canadian issue. And if I liken it to, would you take your family on a plane if you knew there weren't enough oxygen masks for everyone? Because wow. That's exactly what we're doing in our country when we do not have internet access for every single person. It affects our healthcare. It affects our workforce. It affects our education continuity. It affects all of these things. And now probably the vaccine rollout that's happening. It's critical. It's our oxygen mask and we need it for the, everyone in the country. So that's my mandatory rant. I'm going to get that's off of that. That's the perfect analogy, Mary. I, I, wow. I, I'm going to use that if that's okay with you in the that, future. Yep. I, it's, it's something that I think is, is the, the only way that we can talk about it. Because if we start separating ourselves out, it, it becomes easy to, to dismiss or to postpone. And we can't postpone something like this because it is that critical. Yep, oh, totally so, agree. so many things. And the other thing that you talked about, I'd like to ask a little bit more because I think that you're, you kind of surprised people when you said, that you had four female mayors and that you had a council full of female councillors in a rural community. Can you please talk a little bit more about that? Because female leadership in municipal council is, is an issue that people are dealing with. It's interesting. Um, so our warden uh, is also a mayor and she's been the mayor of Lucan for uh, a good many years. And they had, you know, the craft Hockeyville come to their community and they worked really hard for that. And, and these women just get stuff done. I mean, they decide together. Uh, there's not a lot of rebuttal. There's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of ego, can I say. And I will say it. I mean, it is a bit of a generalization, but during a pandemic and during a crisis, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that many women have the ability to bring people together. They create community. And this is what this group of women has done. And, and it is in the best possible way in the service of others. 
And I think that women are champions when it comes to being of service to others. And many of us get exhausted at being to, at service to everyone but ourselves. Mm. But um, that's why that these women created, I believe, this caucus is because they know that these women are the center of their families and they want to be able to support them. And, and the statistics were showing that early on in the pandemic, that women were suffering, women were losing jobs, women were becoming the breadwinners of their families, which they weren't, uh, perhaps. And also the kids, teaching, being at home, having a full-time job, but also having to, you know, keep your kids in line and in front of the screen if mm. the internet was working. So it, the women in the community, these strong leaders are just that. They're amazingly strong leaders with voices that are finally being heard. Um, I think in a lot of cases, if any women out there are a little bit older like myself, a lot of times you don't get to speak or you get oppressed or you're, you don't have a voice at the table. These ladies are making a difference. It's hard enough to be in politics. They get criticized all the time mm. and it still continues to happen, <clears throat> but they soldier on. And, and I'm really, really proud to live in this little corner of Southwestern Ontario. Well, you should be because it really is an anomaly. And I think we need to make it, you know, something that everybody is experiencing. Can I ask you if there is succession that's built into that? Do you see younger women being more interested in politics because of that example? Absolutely. Um, well, we know that if you can't see someone in an upper level position, and, and whether that be in a corporation, in a community, in a municipality, in government, if you don't see access to a mentor for someone that can show you the ropes that you can call when you have questions, they don't have the inspiration to do that or the motivation. It's terrifying. It, it's it, it's a tough thing being the only woman, and and these women absolutely are shining examples of how you can make a difference and still be a business owner. Uh, a few of them have their own businesses, um, also work full time, and have children. So if they can do it, you have someone to to look up to. You have someone you can speak to, um, and and that's what we need all across the board in rural communities. I will also say that in our community in Dorchester, our Lions Club, Lions, not Lioness, has a female president. Wow. Yes. Right? Yes, there's something in your water. <laughs> exactly. And and I'm drinking it and everyone should. Yeah, well that's why we've got you on the show because you you have had that water and and uh I think you're going to have more people wanting to know what's going on there. So how do, how do people learn more about that, about your community and about all of this, all of these uh, initiatives and women leaders? You know what? How about I put it on my website? And it is the Women's Caucus of Middlesex County. You can look that up. We have, um, you know what? How about uh, my website is shawnaray.com. So I will put some ray.com R A E. Yes. S H A U N A R A E. I will put some of that information up and uh, I will um, itemize some of those breweries that we talked about. I'll put all that up on my website and um, people can find it there. That's so great because it's really important that people be able to follow up and, and activate that potential in their own communities. 
So we've talked about a lot of really, really big issues, but there is another one that I want to want to get to before the end of this. You know very well the importance of journalism and local media in rural communities and the hole that's being left as we lose our outlets and our voice. What are your thoughts about that and re the whole reinvention of rural journalism? Well, we have a newspaper here in Dorchester called the Dorchester Signpost. And it has been in existence for, I want to say, over 50 years, at least, uh, maybe 150. I'm not sure of the uh, amount. But yes, I think it's very important that the stories are being told. If you look in, say, the Globe and Mail, the Toronto Star, National Post, try to look for a really small community story in those newspapers. It doesn't happen. The journalists, they don't have enough people to do it. There are freelance writers that are telling these stories. So where do we put them? Are we going to create new news outlets? Are we going to be listening to podcasts like this one, mm -hmm. a perhaps Rural on Purpose um, with Startup Canada? Are we going to be hearing about those stories through traditional media? Are we going to be directing people to other websites? How are we going to be sounding the alarm about rural. People now are taking notice, and I think you're gonna see people are going to be looking for those stories. Uh, I also belong to the Canadian Freelance Guild. So those folks do all kinds of media, whether it's audio media, writing, any kind of graphic design, all kinds of freelance work. And these folks are getting business like crazy because these small communities have these wonderful, amazing stories. There are quite a few left. There are quite a few, um, you know, smaller newspapers uh, that are still functioning. But when it comes to the big conglomerates, they share a lot of the information. So it's not new. And um, I'm hoping that that's part of the innovation as well, is that we're going to be seeing uh, a different kind of journalism. The rural stories are going to be getting told. Uh, and there's more of a wide range of information. Because journalism has changed so much, right? Even in the last five years. And President Trump saying that, you know, talking about fake news and all of those things, it's made people question the integrity of journalism even. You know, are people getting trained or is everybody a journalist? Because yeah. really, we Absolutely. all are because we all have a phone. You're right. You're right. And it, it is fundamentally changing. The way we communicate is fundamentally changing. But what I heard in your message was not all doom and gloom. It was opportunity. That There yeah. is so much opportunity in that industry to reinvent and to take all of these really important stories that people need to hear and want to hear. And and package them somehow that's going to work for you. So I, I love that. That's an entrepreneurial message. That is take this industry and take your, your gratefulness, take that, that gratitude piece and, and all of the messages that you've presented about reinvention and rebuild an industry that, that really needs to be rebuilt and supported um, in rural communities. I love it, Shauna. I think, I think that, you know, if there's any, if you're an example of the kind of leadership that we need for women and rural people and just voices that are being heard and listened to, I think yours is a really, really great one. And I, I love that. And so that leads me to my next question. Who is your inspiration and why? This is going to sound um, 
maybe a little obscure, but um, when I was first in uh, journalism and uh, a reporter, my boss gave me the task of finding a survivor from the, the Noronic, the SS Noronic fire in the Toronto Harbor. Um, and so I went through the traditional old, you know, phone book and he gave me a list of survivors and I went through the phone book and called people. I found a woman uh, who said her aunt, she thought her great aunt was on that boat and the woman agreed to talk to me. She was a survivor. She was 17 years old on the, on the boat and she had never spoken publicly about it um, until now and uh, until I asked her to. And so I, she invited me to her trailer home, her trailer in the trailer park. And she sat and told me the story with tears in her eyes. Mm. And again, obviously I'm a sensitive person. <laughs> uh, after the interview, like she said that that fire, you know, somebody came and threw her into the water 50 feet through a porthole and all of this stuff, like just an amazing story. And, and she wanted to tell her story uh, because of her grandchildren. And I felt so much gratitude for holding space for people's stories. It's a gift. It's a gift when people still tell you a story. And she was the inspiration for me to keep going, to keep telling stories, to keep being a storyteller. And I, it brings tears to my eyes every time I tell that story because I sat in my car and just cried my eyes out thinking, this is what I was meant to do. And just, you know, I think about her all the time. Her name was Marie Reed. Her name was Marie Bolak when she was on the uh, Neuronic. Wow. <laughs> and we can look that up and find that story. I'll put that on my, my website too. How about okay, that? Okay, we've got so many, so many resources that we can go and, and dig into and, and you'll feel really great once you've had an opportunity to do that. Shauna, that story is inspiring. You've certainly been an inspiration. What do you, what's you. the what's the most important thing that you want the audience to take away today? Well, things that we've been talking about, gratitude, you know, <clears throat> you can either look at your situation, well, you know, be sad, be sad for a couple of days or be sad for a month, but you've got skills. You are here for a reason, whether you believe in any kind of religious, spiritual thing or not, you're here for a reason and keep going. Be grateful that you're still here and you're still alive. There's always somebody that's worse off than you. And again, do not put your worth in the hands of other people. It lies within yourself. It really is what you think, what your values are, and the morals that you bring to your own life that are important and nothing else. That's perfect. Perfect way to end this, this whole segment. Thank you so much, Shauna Ray. I can't wait to learn more and to continue to follow your story. Thank you so much for being here. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. To learn more about rural entrepreneurship and to plug into the Startup Canada network, visit www.startupcan.ca 
or www.ruralonpurpose.com. Until next time, I'm Mary Doyle. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the full potential of women. 